Lord Jesus, uh, would you speak to our hearts this morning? I'll be honest. Uh, if the power went out and the ceiling caved in and we had to go home right now, I'm full. Uh, thank you for meeting with us. Uh, but Lord Jesus, would you now speak to us through your word? Would you teach us? Would we grow in greater understanding of who you are and who you're calling us to be? In Jesus' name, amen. So we are continuing to work through our spiritual gift series. Uh, and by this point in time, some of the messages are starting to like build on each other. And so if you've missed a couple, we have them all online on our website, elkinsalliance.com. You can go and listen to them. It may be helpful to get a little bit of background because I'm probably going to reference some things uh, from previous weeks that if you weren't here or, or missed those, uh, it might give you a little bit of context for those. I think this is our eighth week uh, in our spiritual gift series. And we started by talking about how spiritual gifts, like it comes back to our purpose as a church. We believe that our purpose is to see every person involved in kingdom life. It's why we exist as the Alliance Church. To give every person the opportunity to be involved in kingdom life. Those who are outside of the kingdom, who've never bent the knee to Jesus Christ, who've maybe never heard the good news, to give them opportunity. And those of us inside the kingdom, to grow into the kingdom people that God is calling us to be. It is our job to see every person involved in kingdom life. And we believe that we cannot be fully involved in kingdom life without understanding and utilizing our gifts. We have to understand how God has wired us, how he has knit us together intentionally, and how he desires to use us to build one another up and to advance his kingdom. You guys tired of hearing that yet, every week? Not yet? All right, they'll keep coming. The gifts that we're going to look at this week, we're going to look at discernment, knowledge, and wisdom. And these gifts kind of all play in with each other and even with some other gifts. And this is where, again, I'm going to reference back something I've said before. I am at no point in time trying to draw a hard and fast line between the gifts. Here's where this gift ends and this gift begins. Some of them run together. Some of them, like, it seems like, wow, maybe it's kind of even just describing the same gift a little differently. And I am not trying to put hard and fast labels on these things. And when those come together, I'm just going to call it out and go, you know what, this one seems to really tie in with this one. Maybe they're different. Maybe they're together. I don't think it's super important what we call them. What's important is to understand our need for them, how to use them, and how to appreciate them in others. Does that make sense? So if I'm talking about some of these and you go, boy, that sounds really close to the last one that he said. It's because it is. And maybe they're different, but just similar. Maybe it's two sides of the same coin. I'm going to leave that up to Jesus to lead us through that piece. So the, the first one that we're going to tackle is the gift of discernment. We find the gift of discernment in 1 Corinthians 12, 7 to 10. Now to each one, the manifestation of the Spirit is given for the common good. That means spiritual gifts. Manifestation of the Spirit are, are His gifts in us, given for the common good. To one, there is given through the Spirit a message of wisdom. To another, a message of knowledge by means of the same Spirit. To another, faith by the same Spirit. To another, gifts of healing by that one Spirit. To another, miraculous powers. To another, prophecy. To another, distinguishing between Spirits. To another, speaking in different kind of tongues, and still to another, interpretation of tongues. The gift of discernment, you won't actually find anywhere in Scripture the gift of discernment. That's kind of a label that we've put on it. 
When you find it in Scripture, it's the ability to distinguish between spirits. Or sometimes it says to discern spirits. Discern and distinguish interchangeable words. To discern between spirits. One author says it like this. What is the gift of discernment? He says, the spiritual gift of discernment is also known as the gift of discernment of spirits or distinguishing between spirits. The word describes being able to distinguish, discern, judge, or appraise a person, statement, situation, or environment. Okay? That's a lot. That's a big one. Being able to judge rightly, to discern, to distinguish between whether a person, a statement, a situation, environment, whether something is good or bad, right? Oftentimes, this is how we, when we talk about the gift of discernment, this would be a pretty good definition for it. We just kind of get an intuition about a person. They can be trusted, they can't. Or a decision or a situation. This is a good situation, it's a bad situation, right? Most of the time we talk about the gift of discernment, does that kind of sound like how we would use it? and, And I agree with that, but I think there's also a deeper understanding of what it means. Because again, nowhere in Scripture just say discernment, like, oh, a discerning person. It's always talking about this discerning of spirits, distinguishing of spirits. Another writer says it like this, to clearly distinguish truth from error by judging whether behavior or teaching is from God, Satan, human error, or human power. Really, the gift of discernment isn't just about this kind of surface thing, it's good or it's bad, it's right or it's wrong. But it's the ability, the Holy Spirit, God-given ability, to see behind and go, where is this coming from? A, A true discerning person isn't just going to say, and not just discerning person, we're all called to be discerning people. A person with the gift of discernment isn't just going to go, yeah, good or bad, but is going to be able to distinguish, this is from the Lord. This is from the enemy. This is from a well-meaning person. They just got it wrong. They're able to see behind to what's causing it. And, and here's the part that makes us uncomfortable. Here's why most of the time in the Western church, we've been happy with that first one of going, they just get a feeling that it's good or bad. It's truly, when it says spirit, not like just talking about like, you know, the general feel of the thing. Truly, there is a spiritual world that is interacting with our world. There is God creating opportunities and situations and moving things. There is the enemy coming against us. And there is just mankind and our own selfishness and our own desires. And this person is able to see behind it and go, which spiritual force is behind this? Is this something of the Lord's doing that he's bringing to us? Is this something that the enemy means to confuse, distract, destroy? Is this just a person throwing their will around. Someone with the gift of discernment, distinguishing spirits, is able to see behind what most of us see to the spiritual realm, what's going on. Where did this come from? Where did this originate? Does that make sense? Make anyone a little uncomfortable? You guys are better than me. Why is the gift of discernment important? One writer says it like this, The Holy Spirit gives the gift of discernment to enable certain Christians to clearly recognize and distinguish between the influence of God, Satan, the world, and the flesh in a given situation. The church needs those with this gift to warn believers in times of danger or to keep them from being led astray by false teaching. We need those people that God has gifted this way to speak up. Because we as a church... Look, these are confusing times, yeah? 
It's always been confusing times. And the way that culture affects the church and decisions that we make, a lot of times, I'll be honest, it feels like we're flying blind. I don't know what tomorrow is going to bring. Is this, is this the right choice? Is this the wrong choice? God has not left us blind, though. He's gifted people to be able to say, when it's from me, I'll let them know. And when it's not, I'll let them know. And they're to help lead the church in that way. We're all called to be discerning people. Hebrews 5.14, Paul talking and he says, But solid food is for the mature, who by constant use have trained themselves to distinguish good from evil. That distinguish there is the exact same word. We're all called to be discerning people, to be able to start to distinguish good from evil. But I'll be honest, like when you're a new believer, when you're coming up, that's a hard thing to do. What we need is those with this gift to come alongside and begin to teach us and train us how to be discerning. What Paul's talking about here is for the rest of us, it's work. It's something we have to learn to do. It's a skill that we need to pick up and work at. But for some, God has gifted it where it is it's natural. It's an intuition thing. But there's also this certainty that comes from it. This is the Lord. This is the hand of God moving, and we as a church need to pay attention to that. And the rest of us are going, what happened? What changed? We need those people to come along and to teach us and to train us. I, I don't have this gift. I've been taught by some people that do. Like One thing that I've taught in the past, again, because we're all called to be discerning, is I've learned to follow the peace in my heart. Where Jesus is, there is peace. There's times when he's called me into some crazy situations and I'm still scared, but there's this underlying peace. This is something the Lord's calling me into. I had to learn that. Someone had to point that out in me and you go, you know that feeling you always have? Let's... And they taught it to me. There's, a, there's some of you in this room that that is a natural thing. This is from the Lord. This is from the enemy. And you're able to distinguish between them. We need you to teach us. We need you to show us how to be discerning people as well. The Bible leaves a lot for us to interpret. You guys know that every situation we run into today, the Bible doesn't speak necessarily directly to it. How much should we be on our cell phones, according to the Bible? That whole internet thing, it's pretty tricky. What's the Bible say about it? You, there's a lot that we have to interpret. There's a lot that we have to go, okay... Let's put it in context. What do we think the Lord was meaning? What do we, and every time we do that, we, have, we run the danger of misinterpreting, right? We need distinguishing people, people with discernment that can distinguish what's going on in the heart to be able to go, yeah, that is from the Lord. You, this one, we got to be careful. That's dangerous. I'm getting the sense that that's just a well-meaning person, but we got to be careful with that one. When we're counseling someone, when we're giving advice to someone, how do I know if the counsel that I've received is from the Lord or not? It's, it's not always clear cut. You need to read your Bible. Okay, good counsel. Probably from the Lord. That's a pretty easy one. Now there's this tricky situation in my family life, and we're trying to figure this thing out, and someone gives counsel. It's not always that easy to know, is, is this wise counsel? Is this from the Lord? We need discerning people. We need people with the gift of discernment to train us in that way. So how do I know if I have the gift of discernment? There's a strong sense of knowing. Uh, we, uh, we talked a couple 
weeks ago when we were talking about prophecy, and some people just have a knower. I'm putting quotes around that. Just something in their gut that I just know. This is from the Lord. This is not from the Lord. It's not something that you need to work at. It's not when you see a situation, when you, there's just something that registers in you. We got to be careful with this one. There's something that registers in you that it's kind of the, almost this communion piece with the Lord of like, he's in this. And this is something he wants us to do. There's something he wants us to be about. Something he wants us to pay attention to. And you have it in your knower. Some of you actually get like a peek behind the curtain. Uh, almost, and this, again, this is why we don't talk about this gift like this because it makes some of us uncomfortable. Almost a peek into the spiritual world. I can actually see when it's the Lord, when it isn't. Again, this is not a gift that I have. I, these are descriptions that other people have come up with, and I know enough discerning people to know that there is a supernatural gift of discernment. The experience of it still kind of freaks me out a little bit. I'm not comfortable with it. That's no reason to throw it out, though. This is a gift that God wants to use in His church. Now, we need to also test discernment. Just because someone comes up and says, this is from the Lord, does that mean we all blindly follow? Of course not. Does it match up with what he's already said in Scripture? You know what, like, let's, let's think about it. This person has, has stood up before and said, I, I believe this is from the Lord. Now we have a little bit of perspective and some time. Was it last time? Did it seem to be from the Lord last time? Or did it seem to be dangerous and we avoided it? Was that a good choice? we got to kind of test these things. And all the time... Guys, it takes faith. It takes trust. Lord, we're trusting that, man, if, if this person got this one wrong, we need you to let us know. We, our hearts desire to follow you. And if you're speaking through this person, we, we want to pay attention. But Lord, we, we still need you to protect. We still need you to keep this thing on the rails, to keep us in bounds. We don't want to be led astray. But we recognize that according to your word, you've gifted some people to be able to have kind of that deeper insight, even into the spiritual world, and we want to pay attention. Is it making sense? I need some amens. I need some head nods. I need. All right. I love having Joe back. Thank you, Joe. So, what does discernment look like without character? All of our gifts we're looking at, and we're going. They can be. They can be dangerous in the hands of, of an immature believer or one that hasn't built up character yet. What is the danger of discernment without character? There can be an arrogance that comes with this gift. I told them what to do. These dummies aren't even listening. They, it, there can be a danger. Pride kills. And this one lends itself to pride. Actually, all the three we're going to talk about today really lend themselves to pride. Because we have this kind of, this deeper understanding. If you have some of these giftings than some other people, and that easily leads into pride and to arrogance. There can be an unhealthy confidence for these people that they've got it right, and there's no need to even test it. I already said, dangerous. All of the giftings, but especially these, have to be paired with humility. Anytime somebody comes up and goes, that's from the Lord, the end, I'm going, mm, I'm a little nervous. When someone comes up and goes, look, I'm getting a sense this is from the Lord, Let's pray together about it. Let's seek him and, and seek confirmation. I'm on board. Let, that's the kind of person that I'm going, I see humility 
and the potential for a gifting, let's investigate. When somebody just comes up and goes, I put my stamp on it, you guys need to do it, mm, I'm a little turned off by that. That's dangerous to me. There can be the sense of superiority. We have to have godly character with all of these gifts. We have to have humility with all of the gifts because this, like any other gift, can be dangerous if wielded in the hands of an immature person. The next gift that we're going to talk about, and again, these, these three today kind of dovetail together, and I'm not even sure where the separation ends between all of them, but is the gift of knowledge. In that same passage in 1 Corinthians 12, Now to each one the manifestation of the Spirit is given for the common good. To one there is given through the Spirit a message of wisdom. To another a message of knowledge by means of the same Spirit. So what is this gift of knowledge, or as Paul says it there, this message of knowledge? Excuse me. One writer says this, I believe that the word of knowledge is knowledge that is given to us supernaturally. It is a knowledge of things that you would not know through a natural acquisition or study. Oftentimes, again, to play it safe in our kind of Western culture, we've said the gift of knowledge is someone who's smart. If you have your PhD, you have the gift of knowledge. Because we've, we've kind of put it in this safer arena that goes, it's a capacity or a hunger to learn. There, gift of knowledge, done. Here's my issue with it. By doing that, we completely take the supernatural out of it. We've turned it into just a natural ability that here's the thing. You don't even have to be a Christian to have. Show me the, the, the smartest, most accomplished believer, and I'll show you a non-believer that's got the same qualifications. And if that's the case then it's not a supernatural gift given to the church, right? It's a natural ability that some have and some don't. Some people have a natural capacity to, maintain, or to retain information, to learn, to grow. They have a natural curiosity that other people don't have. Does God want to use that in the life of a believer? Absolutely. But that's a natural ability. One that someone outside of the church has to the same degree someone inside the church does. But there's a supernatural message of knowledge, gift of knowledge. I, and I don't want to talk down about like smart Christians or very learned Christians. I, like Again, this is not about putting that down. That is an incredible gift that we as a church need. But what we've done a lot of times is kind of pushed the supernatural gift of knowledge off to the side and just said, this is good enough. And I think God has more for us than just that. There is some room in that interpretation for someone that is able to um, see Scripture in a deeper context than others do. You know what I mean? Like There's some people out there where they read Scripture and they go, they're able to connect dots that no one's connected before. They're able to pull some of that out. And I don't have an issue with going, that, that might be one of the ways a gift of knowledge could work. Like I, I have no issue with that. But there's one that makes some of us a little more uncomfortable, which is when someone knows something, they have no earthly reason to know. They have no earthly way of knowing. And here's the reason it makes us so uncomfortable. It might be a secret you're trying to hide. That's a scary thing. We'd rather God would put that gift back on the shelf sometimes. If it's a secret and I'm hiding it, I'm doing that for a reason. And it's so that no one else knows but what if the Lord is bringing those things to light? 
What if we're praying together and somebody goes, hey, this might sound weird, I know, but I'm, I'm getting a sense that, uh, that this has happened in your past and that that's, that's holding you back. Uh, what do I do now? No, no one should know that. No one, maybe no one's allowed to know that. But the Lord is bringing it up because he wants to bring healing. Maybe there's some things that I've even forgotten about or maybe held down in my past, and I, I don't want those things coming to light. I've, again, I've kind of intentionally forgot them, and the Lord's going, until this gets dealt with, you can't experience life that is truly life. And he's going to use brothers and sisters to bring that to the light. There's times when I am so neck deep in a lie. Not, hear me, not a lie that I've chosen to lie to other people. I've received a lie and planted it so deeply, I'm convinced it's truth. There are, there are people in this room now convinced you're worthless. That is a lie. 100% a lie from Satan. But you are so convinced because it's the only thing you've ever had playing in your head. And the Lord may want to bring someone with the gift of knowledge to go, here's a lie that you believe, and here's a message from the Lord that you need. And it's a message of His love and His encouragement of, of identity for you. It's going to freak you out a little bit, but it's something that you need. And I've had people say, well, well couldn't the Lord just tell me that? Why would He have to tell them that? We're a family. God's not working, like, it's, again, it's not just you and Jesus and you're fine. This only happens when we work together. He gives his gifts, the manifestation of the Spirit, for the common good. Because he wants to use me in your life and you in my life. And this message of knowledge is a way that he can do that. To give someone an understanding of, a, of, of an event, of some facts, of whatever, to bring it to light. Maybe now here's the thing. Mm, yeah, I'll give it away. We're going to talk about like what does it look like without character? What is it, how can the gift of knowledge be dangerous? We got to think context. We got to think tact. If the Lord gives me a word of knowledge about Terry, I'm going to use you because I keep looking at you. About Terry, it is not my job to stand up in front of the church and tell Terry's secrets. Like that's not what we're talking about here. It's to go to Terry to to protect Terry because again, he's my brother. I've been called to love him and build him up. And if the Lord's given me something, I have to be tactful in how to use it. But if he's given me something, it's to cause that brother or sister to grow. Maybe to strip the scales away from their eyes so that they can see something that they were blind to before. But it's a supernatural gifting. So why is the gift important? We've already talked about this some. It's tied really closely to the gift of prophecy. A lot of the same things we talked about with prophecy where God speaks a word to the church to me that I would then share with you or to one of you that you would share with us because he has a specific word for us. This is tied really closely with that. Again, maybe different expressions of the same gift. Maybe I don't feel the need to untangle them. But it's useful in prayer. It's useful in counseling. When I'm praying with someone and the Lord goes, here's a specific situation that is happening in their life and you need to pray. Instead of just praying, okay, Lord, uh, bless them, I guess. He goes, no, no, no. I, I want to let you in on what's going on because they need specific prayer. They need someone to come and put an arm around them because no one else knows what's happening. They're ashamed of it. They're, and I want to bring some people in. 
The Spirit may use this, as I said before, to convict sin. We get real good at hiding it. And no one will ever know. And we're good with that. And sometimes the Lord goes, I'm not. This is killing you, and I'm not going to sit by and let it. And so I'll bring a brother or sister in who goes, hey, again, with tact, with care, with empathy, is this happening in your life? Because I get the sense this is killing you. And Jesus has some truth he wants to offer here. And sometimes that's what we need to break the spell, to break us free. We need this in leading the church. Again, it's confusing times, and we don't always know what the right answer is, what the right way to turn is, or whatever. And to have the Lord speak into a situation with a specific message of knowledge, even for the whole church, that says, here's my desire in this situation. Here's where I'm leading you in this situation. We need that church. None of us is smart enough by ourselves, certainly not me. Yeah? You can amen that. Thank you. So how do I know if I have the gift of knowledge? Again, this one's kind of like some of the other gifts where the proof is in the pudding. Maybe it's when you're praying with someone. Maybe it's when you're praying for or about someone. But you know something about their life or about our church and direction that you have no earthly way of knowing. It's not that, yeah, you know, I heard some people talking and, okay, I connected some dots. It's a supernatural thing where I know things that I shouldn't know by any other means. But the Lord has, has put me wise to them. You know truth that God wants to reveal to someone. You see someone tra- trapped in a lie. You see someone trapped in sin. And the Lord gives you a message for them. And it's a message of truth, a message of hope. When you share truth with someone, it's accurate and it's powerful. Again, the proof's in the pudding. If I come up to someone and I go, hey, I'm kind of getting a sense that, like, that this has happened in your life and that that's holding you back, and they go, no. I don't know what you're talking about. Oh, okay. I shouldn't eat those tacos last night. I'm sorry. And we move on. But when I use this gift, it is powerful in someone's life. It has this supernatural effect of breaking through a shell, breaking through the hardness, bringing light where there was darkness. And it's powerful what happens in the life of someone when this gift is used. So what, what's the danger of this gift of knowledge without character? Paul put it really clear. 1 Corinthians 8, four chapters earlier, he says, we know that all possess knowledge, that we all possess knowledge, but knowledge puffs up while love builds up. This, the church in Corinth, they had all these ways of like, they looked at like words of knowledge and we talked about tongues a couple weeks ago and some of these different things and they went, these are the ones that make you somebody in the church and if you don't have this, you're nothing. And Paul's going, don't get fat heads. Watch out for pride. Watch out for arrogance because you will use this gift like a club. He says later in 1 Corinthians 13 and he says, look, if I can fathom all mysteries and I can... But I don't have love. I'm what? Nothing. This gift without character, without love, is nothing but a club. We have to be careful with it. It's a powerful gift that causes powerful reactions. It takes tact. We have to have character and maturity and know when and how to use this gift. Not something to be shouted from the rooftops. 
But you know what? It's probably a one-on-one -on -one gift most of the time. Probably something that, you know, I need, I need to ask this person's permission. Hey, I feel like I'm getting something from the Lord. Is it okay if I share with you? This has to be used tactfully. Because again, it has powerful reactions. And we need to always put love first. Never to shame. Never to guilt. Always to build up. Finally is the gift of wisdom. Again, back to that passage in 1 Corinthians 12. Now to each one a manifestation of the Spirit is given for the common good. To one there is given through the Spirit a message of wisdom. So what is the gift of wisdom? One writer says this, It refers to the intimate understanding of God's word and his commandments, which results in holy and upright living. In the context of 1 Corinthians 12.8, it means to speak to the life of an individual or to a specific situation with great understanding and a righteous perspective, with a goal of guiding others towards a life of holiness and worship. It's this deep understanding of, I know the way forward. I, I see how to connect these dots that, again, it's a supernatural thing, I shouldn't be able to see. But I, I have an ability, I have a way forward that always, I love this, leads others towards a life of holiness and worship. It doesn't say that it, wisdom is always going to lead to financial growth. It's always going to lead to prosperity and success. We would love that. But it says it's always leading toward a life of holiness and worship. This is a supernatural understanding of how to apply God's truth to a given situation. Maybe even it's that word of knowledge or that discernment that someone had, and I know how to apply it in a way that moves us closer to Jesus. As a group, as individuals, I can see the way forward, and it's going to lead us toward greater relationship with Him. Why is the gift of wisdom important? That same writer says this, The Holy Spirit gives some, of the, uh, gives some the spiritual gift of wisdom to not only impart truth and understanding to believers, but to invoke a response of holiness and worship lived out in the world and amongst God's people. Wisdom doesn't end with knowledge, but is expressed in transformed hearts and lives. The gift of wisdom, when used in the church, results in transformed hearts and lives. It doesn't end with knowledge. There are plenty of people that are just going to lob some advice out. Here's what you need to do, the end. And it's just head knowledge. Even if someone comes and gives a message of knowledge, it can end here. How many of you have ever thought like, man, I know that God is calling me to do something big. Maybe you even know what that big thing is, but you have no idea how to get from where you are to where he's calling you to be. Has anyone ever had that? What do you do? You're stuck. I know there's more, but I don't even know where to begin. This is when God brings in those with the gift of wisdom to say, here's the way forward. So that it doesn't end with knowledge, but it ends with a transformed heart and life. So how do I know if I have the gift of wisdom? Those with the gift of wisdom have a deep understanding of the holiness of God and the lack of holiness in their own hearts. They can recognize this in others as well and have 
uh, and have the compassion and boldness to share that truth with them. They're able to take from their own life experiences and share what God has taught them through those things. They can easily recognize where decision or action may lead and can warn against those that may be harmful or unfruitful. They can often see through the confusion of a situation and give direction that would help an individual or group attain a God-glorifying goal. Someone with the gift of wisdom, again, used rightly, is always going to be driving toward holiness and worship. But, but is it wise financially? But is it wise? It's not that, yeah, who cares? But that's not our end goal here. You guys understand that, right, church? Our end goal is holiness and worship. We can't just look at things with the worldly wisdom. That's, that's kind of our fallback. But is it wise financially? Does it make sense? No. We need those with the gift of wisdom to come and say, here's the path that God has for us. People may come, people may leave. Giving may go up, giving may go down. But this will lead us toward holiness and worship. We need to learn to listen to those people. We need you, if you're one of those people, to stand up and to speak. We need to be led by the Holy Spirit through the gifts He gives His people to holiness and worship. What does this gift look like without character? Similar to the other ones, arrogance. Pride creeps in so easily whenever we know something other people don't. We have to be so careful. It can look like impatience and divisiveness. If they don't want to do it right and right now, I'll just find others who will. I'll take my ball and go home. I'm going to sit and play armchair quarterback on Monday and go, I told them not to do it. We don't need that, right? We can amen that one as well. Amen. Thank you. We need humble people who are going to speak up, who are going to share with us the wisdom that God has given with us, but who aren't going to leave us if we get it wrong who aren't going to leave us if we miss the opportunity because maybe even we were scared and we were dragging our feet. We need people that are going to, in humility, love us, share wisdom, continue to encourage, and move us toward holiness and worship. So the three gifts that we looked at today, discernment, knowledge, and wisdom, here's kind of how I put them together in my head. Discernment is about motivations. Being able to understand what's, what's behind this. What's motivating this. Is this something the Lord is orchestrating? Is this an enemy thing? Is this just a purely human thing? Those with the gift of discernment are able to discern the motivations behind it. Those with the gift of knowledge, it's specific facts or events. Here's some things that have happened. Here's a specific thing the Lord wants us to know. Here's a specific thing the Lord wants to bring to light in your life. A specific lie, a specific truth. It is about a specific fact or event that, that we need to be aware of. And so the Lord is going to speak that through one of us. And finally, wisdom is the way forward. How do we apply discernment and or knowledge? Okay, we know these things. Now what? Those with the gift of wisdom, and it's tied so closely with the gift of leadership. If you go back and listen to that, you're going to hear a lot of the same argument. They're able to see the way forward and lead us toward holiness and worship, toward deeper relationship with Jesus, deeper effectiveness in the community, advancing the kingdom and building his church. 
So in a minute, I'm going to do how we've ended every one of our uh, services so far, and I'm going to ask the elders to come up and to pray. Is if, as I've been speaking here this morning, on discernment, on knowledge, on wisdom, on all of them, on one of them, something in your heart has gone, I think that's me. Some of you know that that's you. Some of you are going, oh, that's what that is. That's why that happens. That's what I'm supposed to do with that. If that's you this morning, and you know that this is your gift, or you're just wondering at this point, would you come up and be prayed over? Paul shares with Timothy uh, in 1 Timothy 4.12, he says, Don't neglect the gifts that were given to you by the laying on of hands of the elders. Paul said, you, you have specific gifts that God gave you when the elders prayed over you. And we go, couldn't he have given them to him anyway? Did he really need the elders? He could have. But he said, there's something about the leadership of my church empowering people where he releases gifts. So if this is a gift, or if these, any of these, all of these are gifts that you desire, gifts you're curious about, do I have this? I'm not sure. Or gifts that you have and you want to use to greater effectiveness, come and be prayed over this morning. The rest of us, if these aren't your gifts, one of the reasons that I go through all of this information is because we need to understand what to look for in others who have gifts that we don't. We need to understand the grace we need to have because they're coming from a different perspective. Or the grace that we have when they get it wrong. Does that mean they don't have the gift because they used it wrong? No. We have to be gracious with them. We have to understand our need for other people to use different gifts than us. So as we sing this last song, if you need prayed for, come and be prayed for. If these aren't your gifts, pray for any that come forward. Lord, thank you for them. I need them to use their gifts. Bless them. Give them clarity. Give them power and authority as they use their gifts and grow us as a church. Does that make sense?